Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, the Wexford Enterprise Association, established in 1986, has been a focal point for the development of enterprise and social inclusion in the town. Its CEO, Brendan Ennis, joins me now to discuss its invaluable contribution to the community. Oh, Brendan, how did it all begin? Good morning, Carol, and thank you for having me. Out of recession is the short answer. So imagine Wexford 1986, unemployment levels through the roof, a lot of social disadvantage, and in the building that we now occupy, uh, one of Ireland's largest uh, window and aluminium companies closes uh, with loss of another four to 500 jobs. And from that, a group of Wexford people got together, supported by the council, and looked to see, could they do anything to try to turn the tide for the town? And Brendan, how did that group at the time set about turning that particular tide? They simply had a meeting. Uh, a group of them got together with um, some of our founders. Uh, they called in local community people, business people, church people, council people. Uh, and the idea came out of that was this thing one of them had heard in England called an enterprise centre. Ireland didn't have any at the time. And it basically was a place whereby new startup companies could go, get some support, get advice, business mentoring, to give them the best possible chance. Uh, that was in 1986. By 1987, they had secured an old dilapidated building out in Curlog, uh, had set up the start of an enterprise centre, and by 1989, it officially opened. Uh, now it was around 17,000 square feet at the time. Uh, it's now over 70,000 square feet. But that was the beginning of it. So the Enterprise Centre was the first of its projects and it remained its only project up to around 1994. And since 1994, of course, the Wexford Enterprise Association has developed and evolved to respond in a timely manner to the changing needs of our community. Talk us through how you've gone about that. One of the first things they did, so I joined in 1996, so I take no credit for the first element of it. And so as a group, they were pretty successful in helping others to set up businesses and get up and get going. They had leased a premises in Curlog, were trying their best to operate within an old building. Uh, but they decided that unlike any other groups that were similar in the country, they were going to try to create direct employment themselves. So the first the second project they did was a project called Recycling 2000, and that looked at creating empl employment opportunities from those who came from disadvantaged or marginalised backgrounds in Wexford to basically collect newsprint, shred it, and sell it as an animal bedding product to the local equine and dairy farmers. And that project continues right up to today. And that was its second of its multiple now social enterprises. And there's lots of other strings to that bone. We're going to talk about those later in the interview, but I'd like to focus on you for a second because you're an interesting character, I have to say. I've known you for the past 15 years. You've always struck me as someone that was very entrepreneurial. So what attracted you into a social enterprise and, more importantly, what has kept you there for 25 years? First of all, thank you for saying that. I was brought in by a number of the board in 96 to... First of all, see if the 
finances and position of the association could be improved. It wasn't in a particularly good state at the time. And although the organisation was very good at helping others to create employment and business opportunities, it didn't really see itself as its own function. And so I was asked to come in and see is there something I could do about it. Uh, I came from a purely commercial background, so I had to learn the social side of the organisation. But once you do, it kind of hooks you um, because of the social good that we hope derive from the projects. It's, um, you know, it's a privilege both to work with and work for the clientele that we have, both in business or social or disability or mental health or whatever the different programmes are that we run. Um, and that's, I suppose that that's what's kept me here, if I was being totally honest. And of course, you've touched upon it there, Brendan, about the importance of employing people with disabilities, something that's very close to my own heart. There was a report came out this week that basically said that Ireland was one of the worst performers in Europe when it came to creating opportunities for people with disabilities. Talk to us about how you've created an environment here in County Wexford to break that mould. About 2010, uh, as an organisation, we looked at what type of supports were actually needed on the ground and what communities were disadvantaged. And one that uh, very prominently came out was the world of disability. Um, And when we looked at it, there were some excellent training courses going on for disability. There was a lot of good advocacy. Uh, working around disability. I remember even your good self were doing a lot of work uh, on that topic at the time. And we decided that 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 cover, that was being covered very well. But what wasn't covered well is exactly what you just said there, and that was the opportunities. So people with disability challenges weren't being given the opportunities to get back into standard employment. So from that, we created an information management division called Data Group from very, very small, humble beginnings uh, with a, a target to that we will create an integrated working environment for those with and without disability. And we would set a target that we would employ at all times 50% of our staff with a disability challenge to overcome. We then developed a model where we were very good at matching we became good at matching ability to task. So we would never speak about the disability side of it. We would look and match a person's ability to a certain task. And I suppose that was the little bit of genius that brought us from zero employees to, at the moment, 22 employees within that, working for over 400 clients nationwide and after handling over 100 million documents for clients. Uh, throughout the length and breadth of Ireland. And to your credit and to the credit of those involved in the Wexford Enterprise Association, Brendan, Data Group, as an information management organisation, is now one of the leading ones in the country. So congratulations on achieving that. On a related topic, youth mental health is something that your association three years ago saw as a major issue as well in this county and felt it was being underserved. And you've partnered with the FDYS to be able to resolve that issue. Give us an insight into that particular project. So you're right, about three years ago, again, we did uh, a focus group and we looked at what were the current pressing needs within the community in which we're based. And above everything else, mental health, even back then, 
shone uh, above everything. And when we delved down into it, we found that we didn't have the skills or expertise to be able to operate within such a specialised field. So as a result, we decided to collaborate with an existing service within the county. We met a number of them, uh, both adult and youth, and we then partnered with FDYS specifically because of the youth element. And we felt that if we could help to tackle youth mental health issues in Wexford and help to bring down the waiting list, bring up the amount of consultation time with counsellors they can receive, we in turn would help support in years after adult mental health services by tackling the problem at root at a young age. And we're proud to say that programme is running for three years and the waiting lists have now diminished, uh, services have increased and the whole sector of youth mental health services carried out by SDYS has increased year on year since our involvement. And Brendan, one of the latest initiatives that the Wexford Enterprise Association has supported and is now the driving force behind is TradeBridge, an international trade initiative linking Savannah, Georgia in the US and Wexford. Provide us with an insight into the progress that you're making with that. As you know, because you've met a number of delegations and you've actually travelled on one of them, Wexford has a strong historic link to uh, an area of the US in Georgia called Savannah. During the famine years, uh, a lot of Wexford natives uh, fled Ireland for Savannah. So Savannah, there's over 60% of the Irish diaspora in in Savannah are directly linked to Wexford County. We saw that and the guys from Savannah visited. We met them out in the Enterprise Centre. And it's the same as lots of things, Carol, and that we just clicked and we shared similar values, similar goals, similar objectives. And from that came the idea of opening up a trade corridor between Wexford and Savannah. Fast forward six months from that, we had secured partnership with Wexford County Council and Enterprise Ireland, and TradeBridge was created. We appointed a pilot program manager here in Wexford, and also one in Savannah and opened up office there with our partners, uh, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. So we ran that pilot for 18 months uh, on a very, very tight budget. Uh, We had a number of US visitors into us and we brought a number of trade delegations to Savannah. And from that, we started opening up brand new export opportunities for Wexford-based businesses into the US through Savannah. And likewise, for Savannah-based businesses, into Europe through Wexford. Then you fast forward again after the pilot. We made an application to Enterprise Ireland for uh, a European regional development status, of which we were pleased to secure. And that was just before COVID hit. And we secured three years funding to broaden the concept from Wexford and Savannah to the five counties of the southeast of Ireland with the 16 counties of Savannah. And we hope to officially launch that programme subject to COVID status, staying as it is, in the first quarter of next year. 
Of course, the jewel in the crown under the Wexford Enterprise Association is the Wexford Enterprise Centre. So provide us with an insight into the economic impact that that Enterprise Centre has made here to the county over the past 35 years. Yeah, it's been a long journey. As most people in Wexford would know the building, it, it came from very, very mon- modest beginnings. Uh, I remember when I came in in 1996 uh, trying to make out what it was. You know, it was a big asbestos-clad double A-frame barn, really. Um, but there was companies working within it. But we just... The level and the quality of service that it could operate just wasn't adequate. So in 1998, we bought the building and from then to now, we've been upgrading it every year. At the moment, it's 70,000 square feet of very modern, professional business and incubation space with multiple uh, meeting facilities, five uh, fibre broadband supplies, a gigabyte uh, uh, broadband supply, a new co-working space called The Cube, whereby if you have a concept, we'll work with you and liaise with the local enterprise office and with Leader to try to build your concept from a concept into a company, from a company into something that can scale. So the tenants within the centre are amazing bunch and a group of entrepreneurs. At currently, we house about 32 companies. Uh, many of them with multiple units at this stage. And within those companies, they employ over 150 staff, generating over 10 million euros per year into Wexford's economy. That is an important consideration, of course, especially coming out of COVID-19. What do you think the changing needs of your tenants are coming out of COVID? And how is the centre going to be able to respond to those changing needs over the next number of years? Yeah, excellent question. So at the moment, we're creating the centre as a non-touch environment. So from when you enter the centre and walk around our entire 70,000 square feet, you don't have to touch a door. The door will automatically open as you approach it. Uh, when you wash your hands, the tap come on automatically. Uh, every corridor is fitted with a circular mirror so you can see what's coming around the corner. We put a huge amount of work into it. We've also looked at the way people interact. So we've increased the number of meeting rooms. We've made all of our meeting rooms Zoom and Teams friendly, which basically means that you can go in, you can sit in the position within the room you're sitting within a glass pod. Multiple people can go into the same room and they can Zoom or Teams or whatever technology there is of their preference. Uh, they can do it in a safe, controlled and very, very professional environment. So we also have introduced three new um, training and development programs for tenants that works right from a tenant that is under severe difficulty. We'll put a whole package around that tenant. We'll bring in mentors to work with that tenant completely free of charge to try to save that tenant where possible. And then we'll have a new program that we call Pro Team that next year we are going to enlist the services of uh, retired or exodus business people that want to give back some of their expertise and link them with younger entrepreneurs at the beginning of their journey 
to help guide them along the way. In your opinion, what needs to be done here in County Wexford to improve the local business environment, firstly, and then secondly, to attract more inward investment? I think with existing businesses, the elephant in the room is that a lot of those businesses are surviving on supports at the moment, uh, employment supports. And when those supports are withdrawn, I am sure there's a lot of sleepless nights going on with small business owners, not only throughout County Wexford, but throughout the entire country. But so we need to be very mindful that although a company might seem on the face to be doing okay, it's probably, you know, the swan analogy that it looks that way, but underneath there's an awful lot of paddling going on. So I think we need to be very careful about removing those supports. Uh, If we remove those supports too quickly and some of those businesses go under, the exchequer is going to have to pick up the tab with unemployment payments anyway. So we just need to be very careful. I think the government has done an excellent job so far on navigating us through this unprecedented time. I just think we need to be very careful how we withdraw from it because it's not over yet. And for small businesses, it certainly isn't over. When a large-scale business looks at coming into any area, they don't just think about what we think to do, which is business accommodation and access to talent. They also look at how are they going to maintain that talent? How are they going to keep that talent satisfied from drifting? And part of that is down to housing. Part of it is down to schools. Um, Part of it is down to social activities. As a county, we need to be able to supply that. So it's multifaceted. There's no one answer. But I do know this, providing accommodation and supplying staff is only the beginning of the reason why companies set up in locations. We also have to be mindful that although our neighbours, our colleagues and our friends in the other districts in the southeast they too are pitching for the, for those businesses. So we have to compete at the same level, if not better, than all of our neighbouring counties. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Brendan Ennis, CEO of the Wexford Enterprise Association. And here's to the next 35 years of enterprise development in the town. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.